What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode number 72. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, by Easter Egg, also known as Travis. Travis, what's going on tonight? Oh, nothing exciting, really. Um, I went down a rabbit hole of Easter Egg videos today. He did. I still haven't got to watch that one you sent, but... I'll ruin it for you. Okay, go ahead. There's some There's some interesting... Um, well, a couple of my favorites. One's from Hitman 3. If you go into a room, there's a little sticky note that says, um, ask Alan about details, and it's a callback to blood money when you <laughs> you can pick up a crate. And you know how like, it will tell you stuff about uh-huh. the object you find? Oh, it, yeah. So a developer had left a note that said, Alan, add details, meaning like, Alan, I need you to fill this out, <laughs> and he never did. <laughs> That's oh, pretty good. Yeah. I had heard about that one, but forgotten. That's good. It's pretty good. And then um, <clears throat> on Splitgate, on one of the maps, if you look in the jail cell, you can see Hannibal Lecter's mask. Um, thought that was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then um, Hitman and Splitgate both have um, SpongeBob references, where you can see like in Hitman, there's one in a tub. You can see like the pineapple and the uh, Squidward's house or whatever. And then in uh-huh. it's Splitgate, you have to zoom out with a sniper rifle, and you can see it on the ledge. So little things like that that were pretty cool. And there are some pretty wild ones, like uh, a couple that took. I think one of them took 20 years and it was like a developer's face. The toy soldier army game, you could like crawl Mm. and pop up. And then it was like a mirror room, like the Batman hall of mirrors, you know? Yeah. It was like that, but it was just like the developer's head. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) Jesus weird shit like that. But I love those little Easter eggs. Those are fun. They're not as cool as, or intricate as the battlefield ones where, you know, you put in 25 codes and then like Mm. you can see a a dinosaur or something, but uh, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the ones that take like years to discover. Like those are the best ones because you know there's still some out there in games like Red Dead Redemption and shit like that that people still haven't found. People still find stuff in Red Dead now. They'll be like, "Hey, I found this dead body, you know, on the side of a mountain. Do you know what it is?" Actually, I saw something, an Easter egg that was in one of the GTAs where they found a body on a mountain it was like a skeleton with like a poncho on they said it was it was like a foreshadowing to the end of red dead 2 mm, interesting so that one was pretty cool i didn't watch that video though yeah you know those are all tied together well the thing that i've been fascinated with today i sent this to you earlier is this twitter handle that tweets out pictures and locations <laughs> from google of random restaurants throughout the world it's some bot that just picks a city in just in a country in the world and i guess googles it it alongside with a restaurant and then it just picks a restaurant yeah which is what i love about it is one it's hilarious but two i was thinking like within that twitter feed you can search a city so if you're like man i'm in albuquerque yeah just go to the restaurant bot and just see what it told you and the funny part is it's completely arbitrary it could be the worst restaurant in the city (laughs) it could be the one star restaurant yeah I hadn't thought about that. You could definitely do that. But I w- I'm going to tell you guys something. There, there, There's a place in Kuwait that has some fire-looking chicken wings. So, uh, <laughs> Well, they have to be on fire. It's fucking Kuwait. <laughs> there's also a place uh, that had a really good-looking cheeseburger with like cheese oozing out of it. I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was like Belarus or something like that. Something you wouldn't Dude. think of. There's one that was like a like a almost like a crunch wrap, but it had like these little circle things in it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even remember what it read that it was, but I was like, that looks fucking awesome. And that one was in like Belize, Belize I think. Yeah, I think that place was called Otaco or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, tacos, I'm in. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that, that Twitter handle is called at random restaurant, if you're interested. <laughs> and that's literally all it tweets. Uh, and so that sent me, before we move on here, that sent me down a little pathway. I was like, hmm, this would be kind of cool if maybe we just every so often tweeted a random PlayStation game from the mm-hmm. catalog of PlayStation games with like a random fact about it. So there's only a couple. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So I marinated on that a little bit tonight and I decided that on Fridays, uh, at some point during the day, I was going to tweet a random game from the PlayStation catalog and just something cool about it. And so I started that tonight. The first tweet in the series was about, uh, none other than, Motor Tune Grand Prix, which was the first game ever made by Kazunori Yamauchi, your beloved Kaz, mm-hmm. uh, obviously known for creating and producing Gran Turismo. So anyway, just a, you know, just a neat little factoid. And so if you're interested, mm-hmm. you can go check that out on our Twitter handle. It's pretty cool. It is. And speaking of, Travis, we are a weekly podcast for the noobs or the uninitiated where you and I get together. And discuss all of the week's news, rumors, new games, and more in the world of PlayStation. We post new episodes every Monday on all the usual podcast services around the world, as well as YouTube. And we also share game streams and clips there occasionally. If you want to talk with us or reach out to us, you can find us on social media at Twitter, as I just mentioned, but also on Facebook and Instagram, also the DualSense podcast there. And then uh, we also have a blog. If you want to check that out, it's the dualsensepodcast.wordpress.co. And uh, I think that's everything. I think it covers all the bases. So we uh, have quite a bit of news this week to cover. There's some actual news. There's some rumors. There's you know a little bit in between. So a lot of stuff. Let's dive in here. Number one. Our boy and everyone's favorite leaker, Travis, Mr. Tom Henderson, revealed a bunch of details regarding 2022's entry in the Call of Duty franchise this week. For starters, Henderson confirmed the title is indeed Modern Warfare 2, and sources tell him that internally Activision anticipates next year's game from developer Infinity Ward to be the series' most significant entry since 2019's reboot. The sequel will include a new morality system and combat gore to some extent in the campaign mode, as well as a, quote, grittier take on Modern Warfare 2019's campaign, end quote, with more close quarters combat, tricky decision making, and the traditional COD set pieces. Infinity Ward is said to have completely overhauled its AI system with, quote, enemies now holding wounds, screaming and cursing, and reacting more realistically to gunfire to further immerse players when battling the Colombian cartel, end quote. Modern Warfare 2 will, of course, mean a new map for the free-to-play Call of Duty Warzone, including stitched-together versions of the Favela, Afghan, Quarry, Terminal, and Trailer Park maps. Much more noteworthy, however, is that the new Warzone map will also house Modern Warfare 2's third mode, which was described to Henderson as a mix of PvP and PvE, similar to Battlefield 2042's Hazard Zone. This new mode may potentially replace zombies in Modern Warfare 2, although that has not yet been decided. And finally, remastered versions of maps, weapons, and more from the original Modern Warfare 2 will be included in next year's game as well. Any thoughts? 
if you're going to get rid of zombies, I think that they're going to have a massive amount of bitching from the community. I think that's mm. a thing that they should consider. Yeah. I mean, there's people I know that only play. That's what got them into COD in the first place. And a lot of yeah. people like that zombie mode more than playing online anyway. Just just a thought, food, food for thought. That's a good point. <clears throat> the thing that overall is the most interesting to me about all this information is that this game is not coming out this year. It's coming mm-hmm. out next year. And their yeah. new game came out this week, did it not? Mm-hmm. Came out today. And this is what we're talking about. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is the big news story is what they're going to be doing in 12 months, not what they're doing in one day. I think that that's interesting. So mm. of course there's certain things that I like to point out, like, you know, them saying this is the games, you know, this game will be our most significant thing since the 2019 reboot. I hate it when, when I hate this for a couple of reasons. One, it's really downplaying what Vanguard is. Mm. I'm not saying Vanguard sucks or is terrible, but it it almost seems like they're dismissing it in some ways, um, or at least not giving it the attention it deserves. Like if I had worked on Vanguard, I'd be like, well, why were why aren't we getting this type of press and rollout and everything? Like I don't remember anything to this level about Vanguard at all, and that would annoy me. Also, yeah, to say it's the most significant entry, like I think that they don't need to say that. Obviously, it's a Modern Warfare Two reboot. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be huge? Like people are going to be excited about this and and part of me feels like they knew they knew there was a battlefield coming out this year and they just kind of punted and they're Mm -hmm. like well we'll respond with what we think can crush them if they want to dominate for a year that's fine but when we roll out modern warfare 2 it's not going to matter anymore which there might be some truth to that i don't know i just think it's it's just so weird all the way around to me because I've never seen them kind of just not really pay attention to a new release. And I feel like that's what we're getting here. And I almost feel like all this news about the game they're making 12 months from now is like a diversion from the product they're putting out now. Like, is there something wrong with Vanguard that, or that they don't like about it? Is it not to their standard? Like there's something weird about this to me that I don't understand. Uh, But that being said, I think modern warfare two will be fun. I think it'll be cool. It'll be nice to come back. It's going to have all of the same sort of uh, feels and emotions of nostalgia that 19 Reboot had. As, for as many people that are working on it, I would hope that they overhaul the AI system. Like, they have literally 10,000 people working on this, so I'd hope they can, like, you know, hold wounds and stuff. That'll be cool. Uh, yeah. But that being said, um, you know, the Warzone map sounds really cool that you can go to these different areas. Uh, that but that's a novelty that'll wear off in like two days for me yeah you know i'm more interested in just playing our traditional traditional online stuff that we always play team death and capture the flag and whatnot but yeah again just the overall thing to me is just why why are we learning about this now like we, they could tell us about this in january and it would it would seem less it just seems weird to me it seems like a big fog like a big smoke screen for some reason yeah it is it has been a very quiet launch day for Call of Duty Vanguard, it it launched today. We're recording on Friday the fifth, and you're really—I mean, even leading up to it, you're not really hearing much about it. Yeah, I haven't been reading too much hype about it online, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's not even trending on Twitter right now. I'm looking, and like <laughs> yeah. normally, it's it's up there all day. I mean, yeah. even if it's bad, it would be up there. So, like, how do they manage to make a game that is nothing? <laughs> yeah. And the weird thing is about all this, as we've talked, it's still going to sell, you know, 15 or 20 million copies, oh, yeah. which is crazy. But I do find it curious that all of this has leaked this week 
via Tom Henderson, uh, meaning in regards to Modern Warfare 2. It is very peculiar timing that this is all coming out this week. I think that Henderson's probably known some of this for a while, but mm-hmm. I do think that it they they thought potentially whoever this leaker is, or maybe Activision as a whole, or Infinity, not really Infinity Ward because they're kind of their own entity from Sledgehammer, but they're, if we're going to go tinfoil hat already this early in the show, then we might <laughs> as well. And I, you know, maybe to your point, maybe this is a little bit of a smoke screen. Like, hey, uh, what if this thing sucks? Like, what if people start playing this and they really aren't feeling it? Well, mm. let's put something out there that's going to keep people excited. Like, okay, this one kind of stinks. This is a little bit of a stinker, but we'll get some heat coming next year. So I could definitely, I could buy that. Um, in terms of what we learned from the leaks itself, I think all of this sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I mean, <laughs> it does. You, you, you know that I loved Modern Warfare uh, in 2019. I think yeah, you did too. Yeah. And when we played Black Ops last year, we, we, it was a, it was a fine game, but you and I talked about how we missed Modern Warfare and certain aspects of that. And kind of the point I was making last week about Horizon Forbidden West, for instance, everything, of course, we haven't seen it in action, right? But everything that we've heard here, it all sounds like a, an upgrade to mm-hmm. an already great game. So that excites me greatly. And uh, I'm curious about this third mode that is being described as Hazard Zone, Battlefield's Hazard Zone uh, currently. Yeah. So How can they say that? We haven't even played yet. We don't really know what right. it is, but they're already comparing things to it. Like, that's yeah. crazy to me. So allegedly, I didn't include this in, the, in here, but allegedly where all of this stuff is coming from is that uh, Infinity Ward recently held a closed play test or I guess te- for I guess game testers, um, people testing the game, and they played got to play like two missions from the campaign, and uh, I guess apparently that's where this stuff is coming from. So somebody has seen it in action, but of course they're under NDA. But um, yeah, so all this sounds very awesome, and it, like you said, it, this is way too early for Call of Duty stuff to be leaking out. So it, it does make you wonder if this is intentional. Number two, Mafia series or Mafia series developer Hangar 13 may be in dire straits. Travis, your boys, as the studio's current project was canceled by Take Two Interactive and 2K Games this week. The long in development game, codenamed Volt, was a new IP described as Cthulhu meets Saints Row, featuring superheroes and online gameplay that had been in production since 2017. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reported that 2K will eat $53 million in development costs on the project, which had gone through multiple iterations along the way. Schreier wrote, quote, The current version struggled due to reboots, technological hiccups, and challenges caused by COVID-19, end quote. Hmm. What do you, do you mean by my boys, Hangar 13 or Dire Straits? Both. Okay, yeah, I <laughs> do, I do love both. of Swing and Mafia. Just off the jump, let's just say this. You know, I've enjoyed all the Mafia games, every one of them. I think Hangar 13 did a great job with them. But those games aren't perfect. And Mm -hmm. the thing that makes those Mafia games good is the story of each one, the, the character arcs and the actual plots. Like, that's what... Like Mafia Definitive Edition, you asked me if it was good. What makes that right. game good is the story. The gameplay is always it's always been a little weird. There's always been something a little bit off about it. A little janky, right? 
Yeah, and like you know, on the definitive edition, they fixed the driving issues, which were janky. But you're it's it's the story thing. You have to buy into the story. So this game that they're making, that's a I don't understand with superheroes and online gameplay, like that's not really what they do. Yeah. So why would you ask them to do that anyway? Um, yeah. You know, look, when the only games people know of by Hangar 13 are the Mafia series. So you're asking them to do something completely different and maybe they just can't do it. You know, this yeah. game has been going on for five years, basically. And mm-hmm. in the midst of that, they remastered and made a Mafia Definitive Edition. So that tells you kind of at a certain point in time, they must have realized what was going on and there, there was eventually going to be a dead end to take people off of that and to make a definitive series that's just a, a thing to note i will say that if a company 2k can eat 53 million because they make that in micro sales on on nba but <laughs> right all right i'm not totally surprised by this it's it's a little bit disappointing because i would like to have seen what it became but when you describe it as Cholulu meets Saints Row with superheroes, I'm not interested in that. And I'm not sure that's really an interesting <laughs> game to play in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. That this sounds what they're, whatever they're trying to do does not sound like the type of studio that they are. Like, I, no, it's no wonder they kept having multiple iterations. They couldn't figure out what type of fucking game they wanted to make. <laughs> so, three I mean, different games there. <laughs> I mean, Christ, yeah, it really is. Uh, so, I mean, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me terribly. Like you, I have always enjoyed the Mafia games. Although I, I feel like I played the original, but I can never remember it. So that's why I was asking you about it because it's on PlayStation now. I may have to go back and play it. But once you play it, you'll remember. It. That's what happened to me. Yeah, but but I think you're you're spot on when you talk about the stories of. The Mafia games have always been, or the premise maybe even, have always been better than the actual gameplay. Even with Mafia 3, like I, I think the premise of Mafia 3 and you know the story and everything is a strength of that game. Right. <clears throat> but as you know, you played it too, the gameplay got very repetitive and that's why I didn't finish the game. But So anyway, I, apparently this doesn't mean Doom for Hangar 13 because Schreier did report late, uh, earlier today that they apparently are not closing the studio or laying anyone off somehow, even though they cost 2K $53 million. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's good news in a way. But I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, they just need... I, I would love to see them make a Mafia game on Unreal Engine 5. Like, right. just give them... Don't use some proprietary bullshit. Just give them Unreal Engine 5. Let them make a Mafia game, you know, cut out some of the bloat that was there with Mafia 3, tighten mm-hmm. it up a little bit, polish up the gameplay, you know, bring the gunplay, more modernize it and everything, modernize the driving a little bit. Man, that you you want to talk about a fucking game? That would be an awesome, mm-hmm. awesome game. Then, so the last thing I would want to say is you don't ask a fish to climb a tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I mean Maybe they pitched, maybe it was like a passion project of theirs and they pitched 2K and they're like, listen, we need a break, you know, like we need a break from Mafia. Like we want to do Cthulhu meets Saints Row. And they're like, okay, well, that kind of sounds cool. Let's see what you can do. And then (laughs) after all this time, 2K was like, listen, you guys are done. It's, uh, we're writing this one off. So anyway, 2K eats 53 million on that one. Thanks to Hangar 13. We'll see what they can come up with next. Number three, 
Sony Interactive Entertainment announced this week that they have acquired a 5% minority stake in indie publisher and developer Devolver Digital. The investment comes as part of $261 million, uh, a $261 million round of fundraising that will see Devolver gross $50 million to put towards the company's expansion plans. The indie game giant also became publicly traded company this week after being listed on the London Stock Exchange with a company valuation of nearly $1 billion, making it the largest ever U.S.-based company by market cap admitted to the London Stock Exchange, according to website gamesindustry.biz. Devolver Digital also acquired Gungeon series developer Dodge Roll, Reigns series developer Nerial, Nerial, and Stronghold series developer Firefly Studios this week. So, PlayStation getting involved with Devolver, much like they did with Epic Games, just by mm-hmm. buying a minority stake. Do you have any thoughts? Well, that's pretty cool. Obviously, that you know, Devolver had a huge hit with Fall Guys, so you know that that mm. you would think that kind of set this track in motion here, or this train in motion here. Yeah, I was point. looking at some other games they made earlier, and like, didn't they make um, they made a game called Dropsy that I remember hearing about, but I don't really remember it. And then they made Hotline Miami, which I think a lot of people liked. Is that mm-hmm. like a cult Hotline game? Hotline Miami is a it is very big cult hit, classic. Okay. They also published our beloved Broforce. Oh, that's right, Broforce. What a <laughs> I love those guys. Okay, mm-hmm. they should get whatever they want just for Broforce. Like that's worth <laughs> it. that's that's worth fifty million. So anyway, it's nice to see that that two. I guess two K gave them fifty million <laughs> at there this point. <laughs> yeah but um you know i wonder about what i was wondering about was you know obviously you know sony has a five percent minority stake but i wonder if they wanted Mm -hmm. to keep the indie the indie label maybe sony wanted to purchase more but they were like look you know this is kind of what we are and it's our thing um you know here you can only have this much you know i've heard stories like that in other businesses Mm -hmm. uh but it's it's freaking unbelievable to me that they have a company valuation of a billion dollars and it's the largest U.S. based company. Yeah, what do you mean, Devolver Digital? Like out of everything that we've built out of this country, that was the I, I just find that hard to believe. I mean, I know it's right, but it's like <laughs> I wouldn't have even put them in the top one hundred companies. I would have guessed. Yeah, you, you mean you mean the fact that they're the largest ever U.S. company on the London Stock Exchange? Yeah, I mean, I just don't yeah. understand like how that's feasible. Like, yeah. Do they mean like the entry point is the highest ever? Like, is that what they mean? May I don't know. That's uh, that's just how they wrote it. So I would assume that if mean you made a company tomorrow and it was valued at one and a half billion and we listed on the London Stock Exchange, now we would be the the highest or the biggest. Well, got to go. We got a goal for the podcast. <laughs> that's right. So I also like you wonder like if with this both this and the Epic deal. If Sony tried to buy more, I wonder that too. But I'm also curious about, because we've talked about this with Epic too, like what does this mean exactly? You know, right. we haven't, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't totally seen the fruits of the Epic deal per se. Like we don't know with Devolver Digital per se, like does this mean that every Devolver game is now exclusive to PlayStation. I would doubt it for 5%. Right. right? But does it mean that maybe they're going to get, you know, a handful of games for, you know, a year before they go anywhere else potentially? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, you know, the other thing, the other kind of comparison there is with Epic, like we talked about back then, you know, a 5% stake, maybe they did that to have, 
you know, access to Unreal Engine 5. Maybe they did it for better royalty fees on the Epic Game Store on PC, right? Like there's some, or maybe they did it to you, maybe they did it to use the <clears throat> Unreal Engine in, you know, film stuff, whatever. So there's those things we talked about with Epic, like other ancillary benefits possibly. But with Devolver Digital, they literally just make and publish video games. So what's the return on investment there? What's the ask? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would make sense that they would get some type of exclusivity on at least some games you would think. I don't, I don't know. That's just my guess, but get they got to get something. Yeah. I mean, they got to get something back out of it. I mean, obviously they're good. They're a shareholder now. They're going to make money if they do well. So there's yeah. that, but there's got to be something else. Yeah, I would think, but I don't know. Number four, Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuda was surprisingly candid about the poor performing Marvel's Avengers game and the publisher's new annual report, Travis, calling the game's performance quote-unquote disappointing and stating that the company will better match game designs with development studio skill sets moving forward. Matsuda told investors, quote, Taking on the games as a, as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts, such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams. While the new challenge we tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome, we are certain that games that the games as a service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented. End quote. In a no-doubt-related move, Avengers developer Crystal Dynamics removed the heavily criticized XP and resource pay-to-win DLC packs from the in-game store as it takes the, quote, first step in rebuilding players' confidence, end quote. And finally, the developer also revealed that Spider-Man will be coming to PlayStation versions of the game on November the 30th alongside its new raid called Discordant Sound. What do you think? Well, I'd like for them to have called the new raid Shadow Legends. That would have been... Really funny to me. Uh, uh, the gas model. First of all, suck my gas. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'd call the to call the game's performance disappointing. Seems a little bit of an overstatement. I don't think it's that mm. bad. Like Cyberpunk is disappointing. Um, I would say it's yeah. maybe underachieved. Uh, disappointing. Yeah. It, it's not a terrible game, and it's fun to play with friends. We've been over this before. So right. disappointing is a bit strong there i mean if your expectations were for it to sell like gta then it's disappointing but so is every other game in the world according to that measure so (laughs) i think it's important to have perspective about what you're doing and his comments seem to lead into that selecting game designs that mesh with the attributes of the studio and development team sure i'm just not sure i think that the way they tried to do the live service is the issue not necessarily the game itself like Mm. That I think that's the biggest thing. So I think the live service games are. We're obviously we're still in the early development of what those will look like. I think it's we've proven that they can work on some levels, but every time that there's a game like Marvels and they say it's a live service, people get annoyed and disappointed, and it doesn't seem to really work very well. I just think that's really interesting about that. It's like these studios are missing something obvious um like for example a pay-to-win structure i feel like that's never a good idea yeah in general but especially in a live service because now you're creating a huge gap that isn't skill-based it's it's money-based and there's always going to be an issue there so 
I don't know. I get what he's saying to an extent. Again, I think he's being a little uh, dramatic with it, but I just have an issue with I just have, there's something about live service games and when companies like Square Enix make them that they don't seem to work. I don't understand exactly what it is though. Yeah, you would think to your point, you would think that if you were making a live service game, and of course this is easier said than done, right? But you would you would think that they would look at, you know, look at Destiny, look at the Division 2, look at, like look at all the games that work. And look at, yeah, and be like, hey, this really worked. Like People love this about Destiny. People love this about The Division. Right. People people hate this about Destiny. People hate that Destiny vaults content. People hate that Avengers has pay-to-win XP packs. You know, people love that The Division has gun customization, whatever. Like, take right. all that. Of course, we're asking, oh, this is a heavy lift. Like, to make the perfect live service game is oh, what we're course, talking about. Right. But you would think there would at least be some learning from mistakes and victories of other live service game doesn't now, seem to exist <laughs> now not yet anyway now in terms of what Matsuda said and and the Avengers game itself I'm I agree with you that I think people in terms of the game itself are very are a little harsh on it because you know I personally really enjoyed it and I enjoyed it more when I play with friends but I think it's a good game. Like, I think the gameplay is really good. The combat's fun. Like, there's something there. Like, there is something there. Yeah, I there is there are much worse live service games, okay? And then it has a single-player campaign that, that's really good. Um, so anyway, I, there's something there. The game is not as bad as people make it out to be. However, I think that they spent too much money on it, and they leaned a little bit too much on the Avengers IP to make it make that money back and mm-hmm. as far as we know they still haven't made their 60 something million dollars back that it cost to make the game so right. I guess that's why it's a disappointment um, otherwise he would have said differently and then honestly uh, the last thing I want to say about it is that I'm actually pretty fucking excited about checking out Spider-Man in the game <laughs> on, sure. November thir- on November 30th so yeah I mean, it's for, it's free and it's it's a free content update. It's on PlayStation only. The game on PS5 looks and plays and runs so much better. I'm definitely probably going to check that out. So I'm low key excited about that. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask, and I'm I'm not totally defending it, but I just think people, including Square Enix's own people, are a little bit too hard on it, and I I almost wonder how much support that they're going to give this thing. I mean, hell, this guy, the president of the company publicly threw the developer under the bus, right? And, yeah, thanks for and, that. And the game uh, to every investor. So there's that. But it almost, and of course, you know, not every company can just support a live service game forever and ever. But what I was about to say is like, it makes you wonder, what if they did something? Like, what if they supported this game even just halfway, like No Man's Sky has been supported and fixed? Mm-hmm. What if they what if they halfway supported this like Destiny has? You know, I, I just I don't know. You never know. If if they decide to do that, I could see where one day people are like, you know what? There's actually something to this. This isn't this is actually a pretty cool game. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll ever get that chance at this point. It doesn't sound like it. Number five, website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that new rumors claim that development on Grand Theft Auto 6 is Rockstar's most chaotic project yet, according to French outlet Rockstar Magazine. 
The highly anticipated game was allegedly scheduled to be announced in 2020 after having story and game elements altered several times since 2019, which led to Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser, Dick Hauser, eventually <laughs> leaving the company back in March of 2020, after which development on the game began all over once again. Rockstar Magazine also claimed that a remaster of the original Red Dead Redemption is in the early stages of development. In related news, Grand Theft Auto V continued its torrid sales momentum, selling more than 5 million units last quarter alone, bringing lifetime sales to 155 million copies, with lifetime franchise sales crossing 355 million copies. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, they made like six billion dollars off of the IP, basically <laughs> something stupid. Well, like you said, they can eat, they can wipe their ass with fifty-three million. Take two. Oh yeah, I read something that was like, if you spent a dollar every second, and you and you had one million dollars, you'd run out when you were thirty-three. <sighs> Which, and then if you did that with a million dollars, I think you run out in like ten weeks or something stupid like that. It's not, <laughs> it's not that drastic, but it's something crazy like that. Yeah, right, right. Well, I, I, you know, based off of what we've heard and read and assumed are true rumors about GTA 6 um, and the gigantic size and scale of it, it would make sense that it's chaotic. I mean, they're trying to do things that we probably haven't seen an open world game do before, at least with that, at least in size and scale and detail. Like they're mm-hmm. talking about being able to enter every building like that's just that's hard to imagine, um, yeah. obviously, because we never see anything like it. So, yeah, of course, I'm sure it's all over the place. Um but it must be pretty bad if that's what meant what made Dan leave. Yeah. I mean, it must be really difficult and it must be you know, they're they're dealing with something that clearly that sold a lot of copies and made a lot of money. If you're trying to scale it out that big, I can kind of see where maybe because of the amount of money that the IP is worth, you kind of get pulled in weird directions. So maybe maybe that's there's more to it than we understand and, and the chaotic sure. can go in a multiple directions would be my guess. But that being said, I'm glad that they've started development again. Hopefully that means we're getting closer. I would bet a million dollars that we get the red dead remake remaster before we get GTA six. I would be willing to bet all the money in my life for it. Yeah. And I'm cool with it because I'm ready to play it. So bring it on. Yeah. At least we'll have something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I, I don't, I don't see how we see this game before like 2025 i feel like we're like right right i feel like we're like four or five maybe six years away from this game especially mm-hmm. if this is true and they've had to reboot the game it doesn't bode bode well but to your point you know rockstar can still give us a red dead redemption remaster they can give us you know grand theft auto 4 remaster you know they've got all these games that they can you know basically milk between now and then, they can give it. They still got to give us a Red Dead Redemption Two next gen upgrade. We still have the next gen upgrade of GTA Five coming next year. So mm-hmm. they've got all these things, all this trickle feed, you know, to keep <laughs> us to, all to keep us interested. Keep us in line, <laughs> yeah, and satiated. But it just seems like it's going to be forever before we see GTA Six. But you also make a good point in that perhaps the the uh, chaoticness, if that's a word of the development is due to the fact that they're no doubt probably trying to push boundaries from what we're used to from open world sandbox games. I think they're also probably trying to cut back on crunch. Um, you mm-hmm. know, cause we've, we've talked about here before that they've been changing some of the culture of the studio to try to alleviate that issue. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with it too. 
I'm sure in a perfect world, they would have it out in like 2023, but I seriously doubt that. So, and then of course, the last little bit there, I mean, GTA five, I don't know who's still buying the damn game. They (laughs) sold, they sold 5 million units in the last three months, which as you pointed out (laughs) is more in three months than almost every game sells in the lifetime (laughs) of itself. Uh, so, uh, Pretty impressive. Pretty more than impressive. That's not even the word. I don't think there is a word for that. Number six, Sony has officially lost the Vita trademark in the European Union after an EU court revoked the trademark term due to non-use. Website gamesindustry.biz reported that Sony had registered the trademark for a variety of categories, including in regards to, quote, data carriers containing programs and audio and or image carriers, end quote. The EU General Court has now agreed with an appeal from Spanish electronics company Vita Audio or Vieta Audio, who knows, who applied in 2011 to have the trademark revoked, citing non-use <laughs> as its main. Yeah, they non-use, 100%. Yeah, citing non-use as its main argument. I also love how they applied like right when the Vita came out, basically yeah. in Japan. The court's reasoning behind the revocation of the trademark are that the previously listed functions are secondary to the handheld's primary purpose of playing video games. <laughs> this, of course, is yet another nail in the Vita's beautiful coffin, Travis, as it continues to die a slow and agonizing death after receiving its last new released, uh, new released games this past summer, as well as ceasing hardware production back in 2019. Any thoughts? Well, the cool part is it's really opening the door for like a BMW Vita now. Like <laughs> you're going to have to live on your Vita life is going to have to move on to something weird. Like it's going to be a new Blu-ray, Blu-ray Vita, something awesome like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I don't want to laugh out loud when you said this earlier, but the idea that <laughs> they, <laughs> they fucking filed this trademark <laughs> because of lack of use is hilarious. So yeah. since it's been dying forever. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, to lose a trademark before you officially kill something it says says a lot about where kind of where the priorities lie within your company. So definitely, for sure, again, you guys are just slowly nailing the coffin in. But the good part is, is your little community here. It's going to be like those those old burial plots they had in the 1800s where they weren't sure you were dead. So there'll be a string inside of the coffin where you guys can ring bells every now and then on Reddit. <laughs> Um, and that, that'll get you guys somehow to get you like save data or a new game or something. Yeah. So you'll always have that. Yeah. I, you know, this, this sort of thing was inevitable. It's just weird that it started in the European union, in my opinion. I like, I would have figured it would start someplace like, I don't know, like Indonesia or some shit. I don't know. But the fact that it's the EU, you know, that's a little surprising, but inevitable. And it's, this basically means that Sony, had no grounds to contest this because they've started to kill it. Yeah. So they had no, they had really no defense because, you know, they haven't been doing anything with it, honestly. And, uh, I mean, they have the money to fight it. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the fact that they are kind of, you know, they've lost, they're kind of giving up on that, uh, means that it's only going to continue to die as it already is. And it's, it's very painful to watch as it's a great little piece of hardware. The thing that I'm curious about about this is that are we now going to start seeing in Europe like these knockoff Vitas pop up? 
You know oh, what I'm well, saying? Like, yes, I'm, I'm here for this. Like, like right? Like, this is going to be a thing, right? Like, somebody's going to make, a, like, turn a cell phone into something that's shaped like a Vita, and they're going to call it, like, oh, the Travis Vita. <laughs> and what I'm excited sell about it. is you'll end yeah. up with one. That's why I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might. Like, because that's, I mean, that feels like that's a natural evolution of where we're headed here so and that might be actually good a good thing like a little competition might be a good thing even if it's copycatting yeah i mean you never know so i just i'm curious to see where this is going obviously vita audio is going to make uh some some headsets you know i looked at their website and uh, they're like they're like they're like headphones and headsets and sound bars and shit so beats by vieta beats by vieta and uh avera that's okay. Not a morning. Anyway, guys, so just uh, love your Vitas while you still can. Cherish them. Take care of them. Mm-hmm. Played uh, played mine uh, a little bit this week. I'll I'll talk about that a little bit later. Number seven. We also have a lot of news nuggets here, Travis. So feel free to join me wherever you see fit. First nugget. November's additions to the PlayStation Now service include Mafia, Definitive Edition, previously mentioned, Celeste, Totally Reliable Delivery Service, <laughs> and the previously announced Final Fantasy IX. Mafia will be available until February the 25th, if you're interested. This is the 28th. Oh, yes. That is November 28th. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at. So <laughs> It's going to be available until February 28th, guys. So I watched uh, I watched some gameplay of totally reliable delivery service ragdoll yeah. physics. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it is. Is it co-op? It's outrageous. I don't know. Actually, that's a good thing. I didn't check that, but I was just watching the gameplay because I was like, "What the hell is this?" It looks yeah. awesome. So definitely check that out. At least for the, at least laugh at the videos online. We uh, Mafia is great. We talked about that. It's a good story. The word Celeste I hate because it reminds me of that boat. Um, that was like a ghost ship, like the Mary Queen of Scots or something like that. Oh, okay. And it makes me feel like I don't have toes and I don't like it. And, um, and, <laughs> yeah. and as always, like I hate bugs and fallout. Yes. And as always, I hate things like Final Fantasy IX because there have been eight other finals and we're still doing them. It's annoying. <laughs> Call yeah. it something else. Yeah, you're right. I understand. I get it. Not a bad little month. Really not. I mean, nothing's going to blow you away after we've started to get things like Red Dead Redemption 2 and The Last of Us Part 2. But, you know, Mafia is a, is a good addition and uh, Final Fantasy 9 obviously is a big deal. So not terrible. Not, not fantastic, but not terrible. Next nugget here, Travis. Time traveling adventure virtual reality game Wanderer will come to PSVR on January 27th. I got that date right. Elden Ring developer from Software showed off 15 minutes of new gameplay this week and also opened pre-orders for the game's various editions. According to GameStop's listing of the game, uh, excuse me, the game will have both a quality and performance graphical mode on PS5. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick remained coy when asked if 2K Sports would be interested in taking over the FIFA license should it become available. With Zelnick replying, quote, that's a big step forward for us. We haven't been in that sport before. And Durham, uh, I think I'll leave it at that today. End quote. So they're trying to get it. Yeah, Erm is very Irish or Scottish. It is. He, he looks a little European. I would assume it would be like they're 
you know, the foyer and Fourier in the golf where the first year or two, they're going to be like, Hey, this might suck, but it'll get better. Right. Right. We'll see. They'll, they'll definitely probably go after it. I would be shocked. Next nugget website. Push square reported that EA sports has delayed its PGA tour game indefinitely. The game was originally scheduled to release in the spring of 2022. Also, files, file sizes for the upcoming remastered GTA trilogy were shared by the PlayStation Size Twitter account this week. Three will weigh in at just over 5 gigabytes on PS5, Vice City at nearly 11 gigabytes, and San Andreas at nearly 30, or 23 gigabytes. And this also confirms that each game will be its own separate download. For some reason, that's the first thing I've, I've read about this trilogy that made me want to play it. Wow. Oh. Really? gigabyte sizes. I don't understand why that happened. I was just thinking like five gigabytes. I'll, it can't take me that long to beat it, can it? <laughs> That's what I thought immediately. So I remember these games took forever when I was a kid, but I also was probably doing really stupid shit and didn't realize I was, you know what I mean? Like I was probably yeah. just all over the place. So all of these are like five to seven times larger than the original file sizes I read this week, which is uh, pretty crazy. Oh, that, that is a good point. Mm, but with all the updated assets and, and everything, so. Makes sense. But what you're saying is size matters to you, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bigger the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Also, Psychonauts 2 received an update this week that improves the game's resolution and stability when playing via backwards compatibility on PS5. Insomniac's, Insomniac Games boss Ted Price revealed during a fireside chat recently that the final boss fight in PS4 Spider-Man was originally supposed to be much larger in scale, but cuts were made to avoid having to crunch to finish the game and to also give the ending more of a focused emotional punch. Who is he talking to in a fireside chat? Like, that's what fucking <laughs> FDR was doing during a fucking war. You need to have fireside <laughs> chats about your stupid Spider-Man. Yeah, like, man, he's he talking about. He was telling somebody in the UK. I don't. I don't remember what it was, but a fireside like some somebody in the UK. Okay, it was That's... like some conference. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Oh, I'm fucking dying over here. <coughs> Can't oh, wait for that fuck. controller. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the headset. Oh, all right. Next nugget. Activision Blizzard announced that both Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 have been delayed to 2023, adding further turmoil to an already tumultuous situation at the mega publisher. And in related news, Blizzard co-lead Jen O'Neill has resigned from the company after just three months in the role, Travis. Everything's going so good over there. I mean, what do they mean further turmoil? Like nobody, nobody's there to make the games because they're all in jail for sexual harassment or fucking going to court like what do you mean <laughs> like uh, of course it's delayed there's nobody there and nobody Jesus. wants to work there everything's going so well over there wow anyway so here's vanguard yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, also a new batch of trophies for assassin's creed valhalla called tombs of the fallen revealed that tombs will be coming to the viking simulator and will feature at least three <laughs> crypts to explore Ubisoft and later confirmed that Tombs will come to the game on November the 9th. So Tombs a lot. I just pictured uh I just pictured you coming over one day and I have a Viking simulator next to my racing simulator and it's like it's a wooden boat. Uh, <laughs> just so wait. Stupid. Just wait, it's coming. 
Speaking of coming, developer Firaxis Games announced that their real-time strategy game Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed. It's a lot of suns has been delayed to the second <laughs> second <laughs> half of next year or second <laughs> off of next year, as I wrote here, after originally being scheduled to launch in March. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really don't proofread these anymore. You're going to off one person a quarter until the game comes out. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Oh, anyway, after, right. we, after we kill the second person named Dave and the office will release this damn thing. <laughs> oh, the game's not going to come out until the second sacrificing of next year. <laughs> All right. It's also midnight right now, by the way. Yeah, it's really late, guys. We're recording at midnight, so not only are my typos there, but I can't fucking read. All right. <laughs> Sony has rented Boeing 747s to make PS5 <laughs> deliveries in the UK ahead of this is going to get good ahead of the holiday rush. <laughs> According to Push Square Travis, quote, the planes have been stacked high with almost 50 pallets of PS5 consoles, which needed 12 articulating lorries to transport the systems throughout the kingdom. Well, thank God for all those lorries. What's an articulating lorry? I don't know. I'm guessing it's got like a fucking like uh like a, oh. a boom like a boom lift on it somehow. Oh, I was thinking maybe it was like a two banger. It had like two trailers on it. Uh, it could be. Actually, you know what? That's a more astute observation. I mean, just okay. Well, let's just think about this for a minute. They are renting 747s. Like, what kind of a fucking world are we in right now? Like. We have to rent 747s to get a video game system across the pond. Yeah. Like, that just seems so excessive to me. But, hey, hey I guess you're billionaires. What are you going to do? First world problems. First world problems, man. Yeah. Got to get I mean, those that, PS5s. That is a great news nugget. You worked in planes, mm-hmm. PlayStation, mm-hmm. the phrase kingdom, and articulating lorries. Also, <laughs> you said you used the quote stacked high. Like, uh-huh. there's a lot going on there. It is. I was one of my favorite nuggets of the week. Of the week, by the way. Lost my voice there for a second. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next nugget here. Golf Club RPG RP Golf Legends will launch sometime next year on PS4 and PS5. Isn't every golf game an RPG? It really is now. Every fucking golf game is an RPG. And then we can't even get EA to make a normal one. Yeah. <sighs> well, before long, the only sports games they're going to have are 2K games. Because if they lose FIFA... <laughs> If FIFA doesn't, but you know what I mean. If they lose yeah. a soccer game and 2K takes it over, like yeah. all they're going to have left is Madden. <laughs> right. Also, Dead by Daylight has teased its next major update called Chapter 22, which looks like it will bring an all original killer to the game. Another good one here. Train, Train Sim World 2 developer Dovetail Games announced that this week that future DLC releases for the game will not include new trophies as they are nearing the limits of the number of trophies Sony allows to be earned in a single game. If you'll recall, the title has over 350 obtainable trophies, and Dovetail did say that they are petitioning Sony for a solution, but could not make any promises. Outrageous. Yeah, you know somebody's mad about that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, we gave you 350 trophies. Like, chill the fuck out. We can't even get all those. Just chill out. Also, November PlayStation Plus title, The Persistence, has been updated to allow users to claim the upgraded PS5 version for free, in addition to the PS4, PSVR version, as before. Konami has delayed eFootball, uh, eFootball's 1.0 update until sometime in the spring of 2022, after an inevitably disastrous launch. No shocker I mean, there. 
Yeah, and this is kind of like, not that, again, we've talked about this FIFA and EA do they need each other, maybe not, but this would be eFootball's time to jump and try to get that FIFA trademark. Mm. Uh, why not at this point? They've always been the second fiddle. This could be a way to maybe kind of boost their boost their reputation, but they, they've completely made a shitty game, so it, they just dug their hole even deeper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Next nugget. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that roguelike game The Binding of Isaac Repentance is out now on PS4 and PS5. Is that a, is that a story from the Bible? It is, yeah, and that is a game that's supposed to have a bunch of biblical like references. It's like an mm-hmm. it's another cult hit. I never played it, but mm-hmm. so it's like pretty good to jerk off while you play. <laughs> yeah, if you're <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you if you don't enjoy the Bible, it's the game for you. Mm. Mm. Also, the latest PS5 system software update quietly fixed the CMOS issue that would prevent owners from playing digital games if the system's internal clock battery died. Thank God. The U.S. Copyright Office announced an amendment to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, giving console owners the right to repair their own optical disk drives. Didn't know you couldn't do that in the first place, so fuck them. Fuck Fuck them, been doing it for years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck them. They've been doing that shit at mom and pop uh, pawn shops for years, so fuck them. Also, players have discovered a returnal save and quit loophole, Travis, that allows you to send your save data to the cloud storage and then re-download the save once you die, keeping you from having to start all over. I mean, obvious. Of course they did. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a real death loop. <laughs> oh, nice. But I'm... Ch- I... Like you said, it was inevitable in a way. It does seem that this changes the spirit of the game if you're able to do this. However, I've seen the point made by others online, and it's, I think it's a valid point, that if you save the game and you upload it to the cloud, because of the RNG and the randomness in the game, you might be saving a a run with an algorithm that's not favorable to you down the mm-hmm. road. You know what I'm saying? So right. there's that aspect of it. Like you don't know, you're still rolling the dice. You don't know what's going to be in the, that in the room when you get to it or whatever the case. Yeah. So, even if you reload it, it could re-roll the dice again. So you don't really know. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know if you gain all that much from doing this. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, developer id software is hiring staff for a new project involving a quote long-running iconic action fps series end quote it is responsible of course for shooters such as doom quake and wolfenstein it's one of those i'm gonna guess wolfenstein (laughs) virtual reality co-op shooter after the fall will release on psvr on december the 9th Lionsgate Film Company is looking at creating video games based on the popular horror series Saul, according to two producers. A new patent from Sony Interactive Entertainment suggests that the company is working on machine learning for image upscaling on PS5 and future PS5 VR games. Very cool. Electronic Arts CEO Andrew Wilson stated during a recent earnings call that it quote-unquote probably makes sense for the Battlefield franchise to have (laughs) free-to-play components in the future although that is not currently their focus. Yeah, that's, again, that's inevitable. Yeah, exactly. It's inevitable. They should have already had it. Also, publisher Take-Two Interactive also revealed as part of their earnings call this week that Red Dead Redemption 2 has now sold 39 million copies, with lifetime franchise sales between the two games crossing 62 million units sold. 
which mm-hmm. sounds like dog shit compared to Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> but it in comparison to just about any other game, it's murdering. So just right. keep it in perspective. Next nugget, website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Guardians of the Galaxy, Chernobyl Light, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Call of Duty Warzone, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Fortnite, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Psychonauts 2, Far Cry 6, Neverwinter, Wreckfest, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Apex Legends, Chivalry 2, Kana Bridge of Spirits, UFC 4, NHL 22, and Madden 22. So you've been waiting for something to be fixed in one of those titles. Now is the time to check. Also, the return of Scapes to Gran Turismo 7 has been confirmed in a new developer video. (laughs) (laughs) Polyphony Digital also detailed the car livery editor this week, Travis. THQ Nordic announced that real-time strategy game Spellforce 3 Reforced, I actually really enjoy that game, or that that name, (laughs) has been delayed to March the 8th. THQ may also be working on a new entry in the Darksiders franchise, according to a new piece of promotional artwork posted online by an artist who claims he was commissioned by THQ. The Battlefield 2042 beta attracted 7.7 million players, including 3.1 million in the early access period. We also learned this week that EA Play members will get a 10-hour free trial starting on November 12th. And we also learned that Battlefield 2042, uh, the, the app, the Battlefield 2042 app will take up just under 43, goddamn, will take up just under 43 <laughs> gigabytes on your PS5 without the day one patch, of course. Was this the game or was, what was the game we read about the other day that were the, the day one patch was bigger than the game? I think we were talking about Call of Duty because the, okay. they tried to say it was 29 gigs. <laughs> yeah, and the patch was like 58 gigs or something stupid. Yeah, it ended up being 80 like we were yeah. talking about. Good so. God. All right. Horror adventure game, not horror, horror adventure game. <laughs> Sounds fun, though. <laughs> Little Nightmares has been rated for the PS5 by Peggy. Uh, what would a horror adventure game be like? You, like, you got to go like, out and find men. Like, yeah. Go find me like, men over 6'7". <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like... Uh, I can imagine the main characters right now. They'd be like Richard Gere and uh, whoever that bi- whoever that bitch is from Pretty Woman. <laughs> Julia <that> Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. I couldn't think of her name. Oh, uh, what a nice, nice yeah. lady! You have like a madame. You have different madams. It's like it's like GTA. Like you you got to go see you got to go see the madame. There's a little thing she calls you. Anyway, the madame. You mean the madam? Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> It's it's getting Listen, late. I learned how to pronounce words by reading, which means I don't uh, pronounce any of them right. Like, you know how yeah, long it just... t- took me to learn how to say epitome? I thought it was epitome for 18 years. Oh, yeah. I remember it. Uh, precipice. I, could, I don't even remember what I used to call that, but they're like, it's on the precipice. Like, what are you fucking saying? What's a precipice? <clears throat> yeah. What is it? A tale of two cities that starts out like the first sentence says ep- epitome. And I, I also used to say it epitome when yeah, I, I read like, that. It, like... Because like an EpiPen, EpiTome, like yeah. it made sense to me. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Whatever. Fuck me. Fuck goddamn uh, public schools. <laughs> Little Nightmares is a fantastic game, by the way. All right, here we go. 3D platformer Super Sammy Roll is now available on PS5 after first launching on PC. Fortnite, Travis, will no longer be available in China starting on November the 15th. As China. the license, <laughs> China. As the license that allowed Epic to operate in the region will expire, 
The game has technically never launched in China as it has been listed as quote unquote undergoing testing for the last two years. Convenient. While Epic worked to get government approval to officially launch and monetize the game, which ultimately did not happen. Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 will clock in at just over 25 gigabytes on PS5, with preloading beginning on November the 14th. Godfall developer Counterplay Games appears to be teasing an expansion of the game on their official Twitter account. Popular co-op game It Takes Two is now available in a vault on the EA Play service. Star Trek, or Star Turk, as I wrote here, Picard <laughs> and comic book writer Mark Bernadin revealed that he is working on Amy Hennig's Marvel game. Website Gamatsu reported that publisher Tencent Games and developer Timmy Studio Group announced open-world action RPG Honor of Kings World, which is based on their hit mobile game Honor of Kings. Gameplay was shown, but no release date was given. Vertically scrolling shoot-em-up game, oh boy, Escados, Escados will release on PS4 at some point in the future. The PS5 version of Sword of the Necromancer, Sword of the Necromancer, released this week. Users who own the game on PS4 can upgrade for free. I'm the Necromancer. <laughs> Tetris-style game, Mr. Driller, Drill Land, has released <laughs> on both PS4 and P- PS5. Driller, I hardly know her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> shoot him up game, Soul Cresta. Has been delayed indefinitely from its December 9th release date. That's a fucking shame. <laughs> Shantae. Go back to your shanty. Shantae Half Genie Hero Ultimate Edition is available now on PS5 with a free upgrade to existing owners. Dude, there aren't any of those. Yeah. <laughs> sci-fi action adventure platform. Jesus Christ. It's a sci-fi action platformer Blackwind. We'll launch on PS4 and PS5 on January 20th. We're <laughs> supposed to call it African American Wind. <laughs> you might be right. Oh, Rune Factory. This is getting better and better. Rune Factory 4 Special will launch digitally for PS4 on December 7th. <laughs> Oh, thank God that's coming out since Dying Light 2 got delayed from December 7th. <laughs> Classic yeah. shoot 'em up game. Oh my God. Guy Noog. <laughs> Ginug will come to PS4 and PS5 on November the 12th. The game was first released for Mega Drive way back in January of 1991. Travis, can you believe what's, that shit? What's a Mega Drive? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. I don't know. It's right. It's, I, was, I was alive, but it's still just before my cognitive well, I was years. Alive. I was alive, but it's just before my cognitive, cognitive years. Yeah, those have ended as well. <laughs> it seems they have tonight. <laughs> Oh man, also, co-op kaiju beat-em-up game, Dawn of the Monsters, will launch on PS4 and PS5 sometime in early 2022. Strictly limited games will open, uh, Jesus Christ, will take, <laughs> will open pre-orders for limited physical we'll editions. <laughs> we'll take pre-orders for limited physical editions of Death Smiles 1 and 2 for PS4 on November 7th. How do they, so how do the they release... Here, how do they release two games with three workers? They're probably just doing it on one disc or something. So uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll be able to go pre-order Death Smiles 1 and 2. And finally, Travis, and mercifully, Gamazi reported that publisher Rogue Games and Polish horror game developer Bluebird Team announced a partnership on a new game for next-gen consoles. Bluebird Team is... A, is 
is Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Bluebird team is known for the layers of fear series, Blair Witch, Observer, and The Medium. And that is all for the new game. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting so out of control. Anyway, that's uh, all for the Activision. <laughs> <laughs> that's all for the news this week. And I'm going to let Travis tell you what, what these new bitch ass games are that are coming out. Um, <sighs> before we go off the rails on new games, I want to touch on a couple of uh, three games on in the sell market. Um, oh. This week, so F one twenty twenty one is having having a deep sale. Uh, it's like forty percent off, so it's like thirty five bucks. Also, the Forgotten cool. City is twenty percent off. It's twenty four dollars. Um, it's pretty cool. You should look it up. It's like it's like a it's an adventure game. You're like kind of exploring and trying to figure stuff out. Oh, it's just pretty cool. It's you don't you know you don't have to be combative. It's an option. Anyway, it's just interesting. Just look it up. And the other thing is, uh, hip is payday two is four dollars. Oh wow! So if you've never tried that game, definitely worth giving it a shot. Sweet. Okay, so new games on the first of November we have the Sword of the Necromancer. Um, on the second we had First Class Trouble, which is kind of like Among Us. Oh yeah. I watched some gameplay on it. I still don't understand what they're doing. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, Knockout City, also, which is a fun game. And Shantae Half Genie Hero Ultimate Edition. Hmm. On the third, we have Bloodshore, Bloody Rally Show, and The Solitaire Conspiracy, which that really sounds cool. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. On the fourth, we have Demon Turf, Helliborn. Just Dance 2022. How are they still making those? Uh, Mr. Driller, Drillland, Pretty Girls Panic Plus. Mm, okay. Super Sammy Roll, The Binding of Isaac, Repentance. And on the 5th of November, we have Call of Duty Vanguard and Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Fairy. The, that is not a sentence. They just use predictive sure text. That's <laughs> sure all it is. is. That's one of those bots. They put in all the video game ever's and they and they just video game names ever and they got a bot to make one up and that's what it did. I mean, you know, if we can if we can have uh whatever computers learn how to make PSVR games look better, we can certainly have them give us this shitty ass game title. Yeah, I mean, really. All right. So that is now all of the new game releases this week. And Travis, let's start to wrap the show up here as we always do by discussing what we have been playing and if there's anything we're looking forward to in the week ahead. What do you got? Well, I played um, <clears throat> nothing nothing exciting on 2K other than the Ascension board not always giving me my picks. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And I'm still, I am grinding every single day to get that 10 rated card for the trophy. And it's just, it's just not going to happen for me, I don't think. I was yeah. debating the other day, if I buy one, will it give me the trophy? I might end up doing that if that, if that will work. Um, but anyway, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I played the um, hit. I played Hitman this week. I told you about one of the game modes I played, but the elusive target. This, this, I guess, whatever week we're on is the rage is what he's called. He's a boxer and he killed a guy. Is the story, and yeah. the family has hired you to to kill him basically. <clears throat> so it's the first elusive target I ever did. So I actually watched some streamers play it. Since um, the way elusive target works is. You have one shot, so once you have killed him, you cannot restart the mission. 
but you can restart it before that as many times as you want. So you can scout, try different things, play around. But once you are, if you're killed, you also are done. So if you killed or, mm. or kill him, you're done. So I watched them do a bunch of different stuff. And the thing is, is they all have these maps all the way unlocked. And I don't. So I can't, I can't really do <laughs> right. the things they're doing. So um, I probably spent about 45 minutes on it, which happens on every level anyway. Like my level time will be two minutes, but then I've spent an hour trying to like perfect some sort of run. I end up abandoning at some point. But um, I had figured out that like I could throw, you know, you start with three coins. I pick up a fourth coin. I can throw these coins and distract these two guards but i have to time it just right and sometimes they don't actually go where you want them to go so you have to actually you have to reload but i got it to work and i run past nice. the guards and i run up the stairs so as i'm running up the stairs there's like a fence beside me where they can, a bunch of people could see me i get by all that nobody sees me i come up to the top of the stairs and i've timed it just right so the guard on top has passed me and the three guards on the backside are looking the other way. So I jump in a door. I jump in a window. And I'm okay. right where I want to be. I'm right where I want to be because I'm in a room now. I'm upstairs, but below me is the target and three guys. And I know from watching other people, if I wait long enough, two of those guys will leave. I can um, then distract the third guard, knock him out. And then there's a million ways I can kill the target. I can poison his cocaine. I can knock him out with a cocaine brick and then kill him. I can garret him. I can shoot him. I can electrocute him. There's a hundred different ways. So I'm like, perfect. What I didn't take into account was the RNG. So for some reason, I, <laughs> yes. I looked around the corner and one of the guards just looks at me and starts shooting. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why that happened. So I had to reload. And then I spent 25 minutes not being able to get the coins to work on the guards. Like, couldn't get it to work. It was ridiculous. I tried, then I got mad, tried to trank one of them, and then the other guy just, like, if you trank somebody, the NPCs can wake him up. So, like, I tranked him, snuck around him, and then some, some NPC woke him up, and then he just turned around and started shooting at me. So, so, so I had to restart again. <laughs> so, finally, I get, finally, I get to an area where I'm like, I think I can do something in this room, and I'm walking around, trying to, like, decide my plan. And the door opens, and it's just the target. Okay. I didn't know he would come in the room. I didn't know that. And I'm in this room that's, like, in between a hallway that goes up to the testing area and then an arcade, and I shut all the doors. So I'm, like, in the room trying to figure out, like, what I want to do. I'm trying to figure out if I can set up a booby trap. And so (laughs) the guy I have to kill opens the door, and he says, hey, what are you doing in here? And he's just looking at me, and his bodyguard's standing there, and I'm like, well, I could just kill him. Like, no, that's not gonna work so anyway i reloaded again the last time and i go down go to the same room and i get there really fast because i know what to expect yeah and i get down there and i do the old coin diversion trick where you lay down multiple coins and the npc just will walk up to it and say oh a coin and pick it up and then see another one and go oh a coin and pick it up and they're oblivious to the rest of the world so <laughs> yeah i laid them in like an l shape and then when he got to the turn to walk to the last coin, I knocked out his bodyguard with a soda can. Did you throw it or hit, did you hit him with it? I threw it. And okay. my target is still picking up coins because he's like, holy shit, I'm picking up quarters. <laughs> Mind you, he's like a millionaire boxer. Uh, so I go up behind him and I garret wire him, kill him. And as I'm dragging him over 
to hide his body, I realized that the guard I knocked out fell in the door, and the door is still open. And I thought <laughs> to myself, I should probably move him and shut the door. And then I thought, well, I'll just hide the bodies. It can't be that big of a deal. As I'm putting the target into the into the filing cabinet, this random dude just walks in the open door, and he's like, "Hey!" And like, soon he said, "Hey!" I just spun around and blew his head off with my pistol, like, because <laughs> I've already killed the guy. I can't go. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, you're committed. Yeah. So I blow his head off. I put the guy who's still alive in the thing. I drag this dead guy's body behind a desk, shut the door, and then like nobody else is aware. I walk straight out finished the map i can't believe nobody i thought for sure i was gonna get like into a gunfight <laughs> and i completed the mission i'm like 1700th in the world or something like that and i got four stars because somebody saw me at it so i didn't i didn't even uh, get silent assassin completely fucked up everything i had going <laughs> but i almost had a really clean run that was i almost had it perfect but um what anyway, a fantastic game so yeah i can't wait to do the next one i mean I'm when I'm when you're scouting a room for a kill and the target just opens the door. It's like <laughs> it's like like catching your dog pissing on the floor. And your dog's like fuck. Like where'd you come from? You know. It's like yeah. what do you do? But anyway, yeah. I love that game. It's great. It is. It is. I suspect it's going to be on our on on your on our list here in a few weeks that we're submitting. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. But. uh I played uh, NBA 2K22 this week pretty much exclusively. I was just grinding this week on 2K, just crushing it. Um, but, however, I did go back to Chivalry 2 for a little bit over the weekend because they had a their second major content update, and it included a game mode called Brawl, I think, and it's where you can just literally, it's just like fist combat and, and object combat. No, like, weapons, no swords or anything. Yeah, it's how you get those bread kills. <clears throat> yeah, it's exactly how you get the bread kills. It's exactly what I thought. Uh, the, so it's smaller maps, and uh, which is perfect, especially for the bread kills. And then you can just, it, they're just full of shit. There's just, like, you know, there's literally. wine. <laughs> yeah, literally, there's just wine bottles. There's candelabras. There's chairs. There's, oh, like, whatever. There's barrel lids. Like, so you just pick, you're picking up shit. You're, you can throw <laughs> it at people. You're smashing bottles over people's head and stabbing them with it. It sounds like GTA 6's war room. It does. <laughs> it does. Uh, it's the creative room at GTA 6. Um, so played that for a little bit because I wanted to see what that was about. I did not play the other game mode, which is like, uh, gosh, what is it? I think it's just like some, it's like, what do they call it? Like Mayhem or something like that. But it's some of the favorite maps, like the Tournament Grounds one with more people, I think, which I don't know how that's possible, but <laughs> it's basically more chaotic, I think is what the other game mode is. But um, man, that is just, that's such a fantastic game. We should just randomly play it one night and uh, mm-hmm. and go back to it. But uh, so I did that. And then the other thing, which I forgot to write here, is I was messing around on the Vita a little this week. I did play a little bit of uh, Rayman Origins, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, so did did mix some of that in there. Was it Rayman? I think it was Rayman that I played. But uh, yeah, I just messed around a little bit on the Vita. I'm I'm kind of in the mood to buy a Vita game for just really for no good reason. So I've been researching some different, <laughs> been researching some different games on there. Kind of want to buy like a PS One classic mm-hmm. uh, game, but I already have Theme Hospital and Siphon Filter on there. So I don't know. We'll see. 
Siphon filter. Jesus. I haven't thought about that yeah. in a year. So I really messed up because if I still had a PS3, um, what I would do is I would down re-download Metal Gear Solid, the original, and Fighting Force, and you can transfer them from the PS3 to the Vita. So I could I, at one point I had Fighting Force on my original Vita, and now you can't get it. The only way to get it is through the PS3 store. So I would love to have both of those games on there, but uh, I'm not going to go buy a PS3 just for that. That seems like you should do that. It seems like I should, yes. And one day I may, if I can get one for cheap off somebody or something like that, or maybe I could probably just borrow one from John, honestly, or I could take my Vita up there and he'd probably let me just sign in on his PS3 and do it some shit. Yeah, let's just do that. I might just ask him to do that because I really want those on a Vita. That's the only way to play them. But, well, I guess I could play them on PS3, but I'm not going to do that. So, anyway, that's all I played this week. There are a couple things that I'm looking forward to in the week ahead. Namely, Battlefront. Uh, Battlefront. Christ, it's twelve thirty. It's twelve thirty in the morning. Battlefield twenty forty two. Very excited about that early access launch on Friday, November the twelfth. So can't wait for that. I'm I'm honestly maybe most interested in addition to checking out the other maps uh, that weren't in the beta. I want to see what this hazard zone mode is about. Mm-hmm. So excited about that. Also, I did pre order. Grand Theft Auto, the definitive trilogy, whatever. So excited about that this week as well. Uh, the more I think about it, the more excited I get because I just have such nostalgia for those games. Then I haven't played any of those three games since they came out in 2001, 2002, and 2004. So I haven't played them in 20 years. Excited about that to see what they were like and how far they've come. So, But that's pretty much it. I think it's time to get out of here. I think we need to go to bed. So if you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, review, rate, all that good shit. Really appreciate it. Most importantly, if you would be kind enough to share us with a friend who you think may enjoy a podcast where they can get all of the week's PlayStation news in less than 90 minutes, we would be much obliged. We'll get out of here now. You guys have a great week. Take care and we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.